You're tuned in to The Todd Coconado Show, otherwise known as The Remnant, one of the most listened to podcasts in the Christian community. You can visit our website, toddcoconado.com, and now broadcasting live around the world from Music City, USA, Nashville, Tennessee, here's the host of the show, Pastor Todd Coconado. All right. Welcome to the broadcast, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I believe God is going to speak to us today as we talk about a couple of things that I think are very helpful. And one of them is comparison. You know, we we tend to like to compare ourselves, especially in this hour of social media and uh, everybody putting their best foot forward online. Their lives just look so wonderful, so amazing. Look, I'm here. Look, I'm there. You know, everybody's got the filters. and, And a lot of times we sit back ourselves and we're like, gosh, my life isn't that glamorous. My life isn't that amazing. Uh, You know, you look at people that are in relationships. If you're single, you think, man, how come no one loves me? You know, when am I going to have my, you know, my Prince Charming or, you know, that woman of my dreams or whatever, you know, depending on who you are, obviously male or female. Um, But, you know, a lot of times we sit there and we think that everybody else has such a better deal than us. And, we really have to understand who we are in Jesus Christ. We have to understand that he is enough, that he is our identity. Our identity is in him. It's not in the things of this world. And so I'm going to get into a couple of things that I think will help you if you have been struggling in these areas. And this could be whether you're single, whether you're married. Um, You know, it's really a biblical principle. Don't covet thy neighbor. Um, But, you know, in, in this world, the enemy has really set things up especially now with all the technology and the apps and social media and everything uh, to really make us, you know, very apt to do that to covet because it just looks so superb. They, you know, wow, that person's just doing things. Look at them. They're all over the place. They're speaking here. They're on this TV show. I mean, you know, it used to be just celebrities. You got to think of the whole progression here. Okay. You know, it used to be the Kings and, you know, people that were like Shakespeare, something that were known, you know, in society. Uh, there wasn't a lot of celebrities before television, obviously. I mean, there was, you know, there was plays and maybe musicals that were happening in Broadway or things like that. And, um, you know, then they had the black and white films and the radio, of course, um, you know, which brought some prominence to certain people. But for the most part, the idea of celebrity has really been something that happened in the last century. Uh, that has now advanced to not just celebrities, because in the 80s, if you think about it, it was the people on on the television or in the movies. And, you know, obviously people like King Charles and, you know, the Queen. And, you know, those are the people that people look to the president of the United States, Ronald Reagan, things like that. But then uh, with with the introduction of social media, it's really given an opportunity now for anybody to have some level of prominence depending on, you know, followers, likes, um, all this stuff. So now it's even more of a, of a, of a hindrance of a distraction for us as believers, because it's not just celebrities. Now everybody is a celebrity, you know, everybody. So have you, have you noticed the difference that the, the progression here over the years, how this has advanced and now we're in this different stage of this whole situation where it's not just people on television. It's not just people in the movies. It's now everybody can be a celebrity basically. And I think this is part of the plan of the enemy because what it wants to do is to distract us so much 
that we forget our walk with Jesus, we forget the word, we forget what's important in life. And instead we obsess on our social media, you know, presence, how others look at us and how fabulous we can make our situation look. And that gives, you know, a sort of um, not only credibility in society, unfortunately, uh, but even in the church, because I see a lot of these conferences and a lot of these events that people are having, they tend to invite people that have large followings. Have you noticed this? So now it's like, I have to ascertain that that's what I need to, you know, that would be success is if I have a million followers, it'll be success. Well, listen, speaking from somebody who does have some followers, not maybe a millions and, you know, maybe, I don't know. I don't know the number, but I'll tell you, it's not what it looks like. Just like celebrity is not what it looks like. And I know that because I was in Hollywood for many years and many of my friends were actually celebrities. And maybe the Lord has allowed me to see behind the curtain of the Wizard of Oz so I can share this because this is not what we want. This is not success, friends. Now, I'm not saying the Lord doesn't anoint certain people to be influencers in the Christian world. I think that just like uh, Paul, you know, the Apostle Paul in his day, even though he was hated and he was thrown in jail and he was treated very badly uh, once he became a believer, um, but, you know, he did have influence. He wrote to the churches and the letters, you know, the Galatians, the Corinthians, Colossians, things like that, Philippians. But, but you know, for the most part, though, he was not somebody that was revered in society. He was revered in the Christian community after they started accepting him. Because you got to remember, at first, he was the guy that killed the Christians. And then later, he became one of the most prominent Christians of all time. Uh, but, you know, his, his life was not glamorous. Jesus himself, his life was not glamorous when he was fully God and fully man in his ministry here on earth. Uh, he, he had to deal with all the persecution. He had to eventually die on the cross and then be ro- risen again. But he was not somebody that was, uh, you know, ce- a celebrity uh, that was, you know, so many people were idolizing. I mean, obviously, it would be a good thing, I guess, to, to idolize Jesus. He's about the only one that it would be good to idolize, or, you know, I don't even know if I want to use that term, but to, to follow, to be a follower of Christ. I don't like using the term idol, uh, but, but, you know, he's the only one in this world that we should really look to in that way is what I'm saying. He's the only one in this world that we can safely look to that way and be safe in doing so. It's not a bad thing. There shall be no other gods before God, the one and only true God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But even, you know, even Jesus himself, he was not loved by everybody. Now, of course, on Palm Sunday, it appeared that way. But for the most part, he was persecuted. He was, he dealt with many of the same afflictions that you and I would deal with, obviously at a greater scale to the fact that he had to die on the cross. Uh, So, you know, you and I haven't had to do that, even though you may be persecuted at some level, nothing compared to what Jesus dealt with on the cross. And I would say pretty much everybody listening to this broadcast has not really dealt with the type of persecution that Paul, the apostle, dealt with. And most of the disciples and, you know, on and on. But let's go back to this. So this whole celebrity concept, this is really, you know, a more new concept, even though, like I said, in the days of, you know, like the 1800s, there were people that were well known. There were people in society. I mean, think of like P.T. Barnum or, you know, there was, there was people that, that were known in the society. Uh, that were known because of they were wealthy or they were somebody that did something significant, you know, uh, Ben Franklin, for instance, you know, um, Benjamin Franklin or 
uh, all of them, Thomas Jefferson, I mean, any of those people, you know, Abraham Lincoln, they were known. They were known. So that was the equivalent of a celebrity in that era. But now, I mean, it was in the 80s and 90s, like I said, people in the movies, people in maybe a famous Broadway musical, you'd have some prominence. Uh, people like Donald Trump, you know, that was a billionaire. I mean, things like that. But now, have you noticed the shift? Now it's anybody can be in their basement and have millions of followers. And so could this be a plan of the enemy to make us have vain imaginations, like the Bible says, to avoid, to be careful? Could this be a plan of the enemy for us to be so enthralled, so captivated by building a social media presence or by our, our, our look to everybody else and Instagram and TikTok and all these things that it totally distracts us from what we're supposed to be doing, that it totally shifts our mission and our purpose from being an example, from being a true follower of Jesus. Well, I do see some people, uh, for instance, Krista ba- uh, Christina Baker, who was just on my show and she's going to be on Lions and Generals, uh, she's somebody that's using it for, for the Lord. She's out there saying a prayer every day and putting it on social media. And she has a lot of followers, but praise God, she's using it for the kingdom. So you can turn this around. I hope to think that this ministry is doing a similar thing where we're using it for the glory in the kingdom. It certainly isn't for my glory because I'll tell you right now, I'm, I, you know, I'm an imperfect p- person. And if you look hard enough, you will find things because I am human and I am not, I'm not God. I'm not Jesus. Thank God. Uh, I, I would never put myself in any type of hierarchical position where I would say, look at me, follow me. You know, I always hope that I'm pointing towards Jesus, pointing towards God is what I mean. And let me be very clear about that. Okay. Now I do hold myself to a high standard. Uh, I have accountability. I, I hold this position as a minister of the gospel in high reverence. Um, I don't think it's something that you should be messing around with. I, I'm very, you know, I'm, I, I try to put everything through the filter of thinking, okay, is this something that could cause somebody to stumble? Is this something that could be the appearance of evil? So these are all very important things. But for the most part, let's analyze this today because I want to really get to the root because I think a lot of people, it's even impeding people from getting, you know, into marriage and, and relationships and or having a healthy marriage because it becomes almost like an obsession, and uh, we got to make sure that we, we have this thing in check and we understand uh, how we can navigate this as a believer. So Jesus, take the wheel. That's what we're going to say. We will be right back. This is the Todd Coconado Show. You can follow me, pastortodd.org, where all our information is on that website. We'll be right back. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Todd Coconato Show on this beautiful Sunday, and we are talking about comparison. Don't compare yourself to others. It's okay to have somebody that you look up to. It's okay to have a mentor or an elder, somebody that you respect and honor. Of course, it's okay to look up to Jesus. He's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and uh, we can read his word, which is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But what I mean is don't compare yourself to everybody else. Okay, don't don't be looking at what is on the other side. The grass is not greener on the other side, my friends. I know that a lot of times it looks like it is, but oftentimes that's because we're not watering our own lawn. You know, I remember in my marriage, for instance, you know, I there was a time 
when I started thinking like, Hey, maybe this isn't, you know, what God has for me. Maybe it could be better, you know, and the devil started putting all these thoughts in my mind and I had to really, you know, take that thought captive. And what I realized is, is that I wasn't putting enough effort into my wife and into my family because I was comparing myself. I'm just being transparent with you. And I had to realize I was the problem. It wasn't my wife. That was the problem. I'm not saying she's perfect, but it wasn't, I was the problem because I was comparing I'm sharing this with you because I think a lot of people do this. So when you start putting that same effort into your spouse or into your family, or if you're not married, you know, in, into the other important things in your life, like family, friends, and you don't compare and you water your own lawn and you're confident in yourself, you're confident in who you are in Jesus Christ, it's amazing how the situation changes. So if you're taking notes, write this down. If the grass is greener on the other side, it means you're not watering your own lawn. We've got to make sure that we're putting in the effort and we're, we're putting things into perspective what's important. You know, a lot of times people are so worried about what other people think and, and getting some type of recognition from other people, the approval of man syndrome. Do you know about the approval of man syndrome? Let me tell you about it real quick. The approval of man syndrome means that you constantly are looking for validation from other people and that will drive you crazy and wear you out it will wear you out because people are people are weird <laughs> people are strange and by the way even the bible says the christians are we're peculiar people we are peculiar people but even the nicest people even the best christians even people that are the best mentors and all that they still are not going to always tell you what you need to hear because they're human and they got other things on their mind and so if you're looking for their approval all the time, you will wear yourself out, my friend. The most important thing is to do what's right in the eyes of the Lord. And how do we know what's right in the eyes of the Lord? Well, we know by getting into his word. We know because the word is the basic instructions before leaving earth. And when we know the word, we know how God thinks. And that's important. We also have the Holy Spirit that indwells in our, in our being. How do we know that? Well, the Bible says your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's why you don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. That's why you don't want to engage in things that are grievous to God. Because you want to make sure that you're set apart, that you're set up for success. And you know, by the way, Christianity, a lot of people say there's so many roles. It's too much. Well, actually, I don't know how anybody could think of it that way, because when you walk in the Spirit, and you're moving according to the spirit in your life, it is more fulfilling than anything in this world. In fact, if you have a void in your life and you're wondering how to fill it, get in the spirit. How do you do that, Pastor Todd? Well, you know, take a real evaluation of your life. You know, I have to do this sometimes. The Bible says every day, die to your flesh. We gotta die to our flesh. We gotta kill the flesh because the flesh is weak and the flesh likes to compare. And the flesh wants to covet. And the flesh thinks the grass is greener on the other side. Somebody needs to hear this today. If you're listening to this, I don't believe it's a mistake. Maybe you've been thinking about that woman at work that you think, hey, maybe she's prettier than my wife. Maybe she's more attractive. Or, or that man, if you're a woman, you know, maybe, you know, he's a stud. That guy's cool. Look at him. My husband is so boring. All he does is sit there. He, he's gained weight. Now look at this guy, he's in such good shape. Well, you know why the guy's in such good shape? Because he spends a lot of time obsessing on his body. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. And if you were with him, you'd realize that all of a sudden those things aren't so fun anymore. 
because he's got things that he obsesses on. Now, I'm not saying going to the gym is bad or taking care of yourself is bad. I mean, you can do that in a healthy way, and I think it's a good thing. I'm all about mind, mind, body, and spirit. So I do think, you know, I like to run around the block. I ride my bike. I keep myself active, but it's not an obsession because we can't make it an idol. And I still have to make sure I'm spending the right amount of time with my family, with my wife. That's important. We have to really prioritize. Now, as a single, I had more time to work out. And that was okay. I was single for a long time. So any single that's listening, I just want you to know, if anybody understands singlehood, it's me. I was single my entire 20s. I mean, obviously, I dated people. I had a couple long-term relationships in there, like three, four years. But for the most part, I spent a lot of time single. And I did that because I really feel like in that period, I came from Hollywood. I have a unique story. And I needed to get a lot of healing and a lot of deliverance. And if I didn't get that, I think I would have treated women the same way that I did when I was in the world. So God had to really remove some roadblocks in my life. He had to remove some strongholds. See, people think when you become a Christian, that's it. No, actually, that's the beginning. That's point zero 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 one. We have to fight for our healing, our deliverance of everything that we, that we hold you know, dear that's not of God. You know, things, I mean, I t- I'm, this Sunday, I'm letting it all loose. I'm talking about things that pastors don't normally talk about. I'm talking about masturbation. Yep. I'm talking about sexual immorality. I'm talking about sex before marriage because somebody needs to talk about these things. Is it okay to do these things? No. <laughs> Is it going to bless your life? It's not. You know, if you're sitting waiting for a, a husband or a wife and you're masturbating, that may be the very thing that's holding you back, my friend, because God wants you to consecrate yourself. He wants you to be prepared for who he, he doesn't want you to bring brokenness into your marriage. Now, do people do that? They sure do. But then that's where the problems stem from. So you want to get yourself set up for success, not to be lusting, not to be involved in pornography. Pornography will give you the endorphins that you don't need. It's like a drug addiction. I mean, they've literally done studies on the brain, the brain that's addicted to pornography, and it literally looks like you're addicted to heroin. But see, these are, these are things that put that little seed in for comparison because you look, you look at the, the bodies of those people and you think, oh, they're so perfect, they're so amazing, and you start lusting over it. That's not really reality, friends. That's, that's a picture. A lot of those things are airbrushed. Those people spend so much time obsessing on their bodies you know, just because that's, they want to make money doing that very egregious thing to the Lord that's totally against God. Sex outside of marriage, promiscuous lifestyle, lust of the flesh. These are not of God, and those people are not going to be blessed unless they repent. They may be blessed with things in this world. It may appear like they're blessed, but they're on their way to hell, and their lives are just like that. That's what I'm telling you about Hollywood, that unique perspective I had, is that God showed me. I was with some of the biggest celebrities in the world. I mean, literally. I remember sitting next to one of the biggest celebrity women singers in the world in Vegas at the Real World Suite. And I remember at that time, probably most people had her picture on the wall. I'm going to finish this story when we get back because this, this one's going to be good. So stay tuned. This is the Todd Coconato Show. We got a 14-minute segment coming up. Isn't this a good conversation today? We got to talk about this stuff. It makes me a little uh, you know, uncomfortable to talk about some of these things. But we got to talk about them because this is what's happening in our world and we want to be set up for success. This is the Todd Coconado Show. We'll be right back. ToddCoconado.com. Just know you're not alone because I'm going to make this place your home. 
All right, this is the Ty Coconut Show. I want to welcome you back. What an interesting topic today. Comparison. Hey, I want to read some scriptures on comparison. And uh, I want to talk about what the Lord says about comparison. I think it's very important to talk about that. Uh, Galatians 1.10. Galatians 1.10, it says, For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please man? For if I seek to please man, I should not be a servant of Christ. Boom. That's like a mic drop. Boom. Let me read it again. For I do, okay, for, for do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be a servant of Christ. Okay, that's it right there. There's the apostle Paul breaking it down. He's like, look, am I here to serve God or am I here to serve man? I'm here to serve God. That means the approval of man syndrome has got to go. We got to get rid of it. I'm not here to please man. Now, does that mean that I don't uh, avoid the appearance of evil? No, of course I do. Does that mean that I, I, I don't care about what people, you know, as, as far as their feelings, if I hurt them or, you know, I, I'm meant to be kind. I'm meant to show Christ's love. Obviously, I'm, I'm meant to have friends. I'm meant to have fellowship. The Bible says, do not forsake the assembling together with the brethren. Why? So we can come together and exhort and encourage and have friendships and do life together. I'm all for mentors and elders, pastors in your life, people that, you know, are, are your shepherd in, here on the earthly realm that are going to give you good godly counsel and love on you. Hopefully, I'm doing that at some capacity here. Uh, but, but ultimately, we're here to please God. We're not here to please man. And once we understand that concept, it brings blessing and favor into our life because we have to understand we're we're just here to do the work of the Lord as a Christian. We're here to be about the business of the king. That's kingdom. What does that look like? What does kingdom look like to you? It means for me to please the Lord, to be about his business, to be about the great commission, going and making disciples of the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We look at our country, it's a disaster. Right now with this current administration and the, and the policies and the, and the geopolitics around the world and you know all the horrible foreign policy, and I mean, we're laughing stock on the world stage. I mean, I could just go on and on about that. But thank God we're in this world, but we're not of this world. Thank God that we're just passing through here. We shouldn't get depressed about it. As sad as it is, as egregious as it is, we know that we are here on a mission. Our mission is souls. Our mission is to please God. Our mission is to be about his business. And when you do that, this is the kingdom dynamics, which is so amazing. When you do that, the blessings come, the favor comes. Because God is with us even until the end of the age. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage. This world is in bondage. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against strongholds and principalities. Everything you see on the corporate media is a lie, pretty much. Because they're the modern-day prophets of Baal. And they are. it's now at the point, at this apex moment in history where literally they don't even barely speak any truth. If they do, they distort it like the devil does. They pervert it because it's all a deception. So that's why God wants us to come out from among them. But isn't it interesting, as we were talking about in the first segment, that in this time, as we're getting close to the end of days here, I think we're in the end of days, maybe not the tribulation, but the birth pangs. But here's the thing, as, as this all approaches, 
isn't it interesting that now it's not even just the celebrities in Hollywood or wherever, you know, those people that now it's, it's everybody has a platform and, and Hey, look at my Instagram. I got 10,000 followers. You know, look at my TikTok. Here I am. I mean, you see all these people puckering their lips up, you know, half naked on their, on their broadcasts, doing everything they can to say, look at me. And unfortunately, some Christians fall victim to this as well. And so for us to be consecrated and to come out from among them, we have to identify this and say, okay, I'm not here to please these people. I'm not here to make my life look so perfect. What I'm here to do is to show the light of Jesus Christ, to be that salt and the light. Is my social media presence, if somebody were to look at my pages, would they know I'm a Christian at work? Would people know I'm a Christian or would they just think I'm a nice person? That's important. I'm not saying that you got to go to work and get in trouble with HR and be preaching to everybody, but if God opens a door or gives you a moment of opportunity, I know this is possible because I was in corporate America for many, many years. You know, after I got saved and I was bivocational as a pastor and we were starting the church in California, you know, I was bivocational. I was in the corporate world. And I, you know, even though I was a pastor simultaneously, I couldn't just be preaching outright to everybody, but I'm going to tell you how many times that God opened a perfect opportunity for me to share the gospel or to share elements of the gospel or to invite people to church. And I had already established a relationship with them. This is important. I remember I was in the, in the retail world and a lot of the people were gay and you know, they would, they would like me as a person. They, they thought I was a nice person and they would get to know me. And then once they found out I was a Christian, they like, well, why do you talk to me? And I was like, what do you mean? Why do I talk to you? I was like, well, why do you talk to me? Christians hate us. What are you talking about? We don't hate you. Well, you, you don't approve of the gay lifestyle. Well, yes, I don't approve of the gay lifestyle because I didn't write the Bible, but I do believe it's the truth. So you're right. I don't approve of the, of the gay lifestyle, but I also don't approve of pornography. I also don't approve of sex out of marriage. I also don't approve of a litany of other sins. And the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So I hate the sin, not the sinner. And that doesn't mean I'm not going to talk to you or be your friend. You know, I don't condone the lifestyle, but if you ask me my opinion on it, I'm going to share the Bible, but I'm going to do it in love. But I'm going to tell you, it perplexed some of these gay people because they couldn't quite figure me out. They said, why would this guy, this guy's a pastor and he talks to me and he doesn't hate me. We, we have to make sure that we really understand the very delicate balance of this, friends, because people are perplexed by Christianity and they've unfortunately seen a lot of negative stuff. In fact, I, I, for a while there, I was almost like to the point where I'm like, I'm not even going to call myself a Christian. I'm going to call myself a follower of the way. I'm going to take it back to like old school, you know, to like the beginning of the church because the name Christian has been so dirtied up. But the truth is, is that we are meant to be followers of Jesus. That's a Christian, followers of Christ, Christian. But in order for us to do this right, we got to operate in love. And so what is our... What it, what, if somebody looks at us from the outside, what do they see? Do they see somebody trying so hard to be something? Do they see somebody trying to be a little mini celebrity? Do they see somebody that's so worried about likes and follows and approval of man? Or do they see somebody that's shining the light of Jesus? That, that everything about them is just a beautiful thing. I'm not saying we're perfect. I'm not saying we, we have it all figured out. But the thing is, there's people are in need of encouragement. You want to have a lot of friends, be an encouraging person. You'd be shocked how many people want to be around encouraging people. I mean, my goodness, 
everybody, because everybody wants a word these days. And, you know, we can use that to our advantage, though, because if we give them the word, then the Bible says that the word of God does not return back void. It sets them up for success. It sets us up for success. See, we have such a loving father that he gave us the answers. Isn't that amazing? Like, imagine if you had a really hard test in high school, but you had all of the answers. Well, that's literally what God has given us. Life is not easy. The, you know, the apostle Paul says to live as Christ, to die as gain. So life is not easy, but here's the thing. We have the entire answer book. And so we can not only survive in the tough times, we can thrive. People say, well, you know, my finances are really messed up right now because, you know, we're in a, you know, a recession. It could get worse. People are panicking. I think we're just in the beginning of this whole thing because life is up and down mountains and valley tops. You know, voting has its consequences, by the way. And I'm not saying that the votes were even counted correctly, but I'm just saying voting has its consequences. And so we have now this very challenging time because of all these things that are happening that have now put us in this position. But here's the thing. God gave us what we need to be set up for success even in this time. This is where we come out from among them. This is where we don't live in the world's economy. We live in God's economy. And if we live in God's economy, we're going to be protected. We're going to be set up for success. Well, you say, well, how do you do that, Todd? I want to know. All right, I'll, I'll cover this for a few minutes here. I have, in my entire pastoral ministry, I have not talked about tithing that much. And you know why? Because honestly, I have seen the abuse in the Christian world. I've seen the people, the little celebrity Christians that think they're celebrities, even though they're not. And I've seen, you know, they buy the fancy cars, they got the Rolex watches, and they got all these things in this world. Well, that will be your reward, preacher or pastor that thinks they're your little celebrity. And so for many, many years, that really turned me off. And so as a pastor, I did not talk about tithing. In fact, I think to my detriment and probably to the detriment of the congregation, I need to repent of that. But it's because I was so turned off by a lot of these ministers that make it all about money. And I wanted to make sure I wasn't one of those guys. So I think there's a balance though. But here's the thing about it is now in the times that we're in, I believe that there is going to be a massive transfer of wealth from the wicked to the remnant. That's what I believe. I, I really feel the Lord has spoke that to me. I think that the, there's kingdom funders, you know, people that are, that are anointed to fund the kingdom. And that's how we're going we're gonna to have ministry. That's how we're going to have the remnant you know, uh, rising in this hour and really having alternative ecosystems and coming out from among them. And this is a, this is like a renaissance for the church because this is a time where we figure out we can't live in their Babylon system. We have to come out of Babylon. And in order for us to do that, we need alternative ecosystems. We need, uh, you know, some of these like the Liberty Health Share and, you know, all these different companies that are coming out, you know, the Liberty High Schools and, you know, just we're tired of the propaganda. We're tired of that. The, they're trying to indoctrinate our kids. So we're going to have our own schools. We're going to have our own health care. You know, we're going to have our own car insurance. We're going to have everything. We're going to come out from among them, social media platforms, everything, because we don't want to live in the Babylon system under their restrictions, under their sin. We don't need their approval. We don't need anything from them. All we need from them is to get saved. We just want, to, we, we just want the harvest. And we need, to, we need to speak the truth because we have the answer in Jesus. That's it. But if you want to be, the reason why I'm talking about tithing more now is because it really is an insurance policy on your finances. That's what it is. How do I know this? Because this is what God has done in my own life. We, we don't have a lot, a lot, 
but we have enough. God has taken care of us. I have a roof over my head. I have a working car, vehicle. You know, I'm, I'm blessed more so than a lot of people in the world because there's a lot of people that don't even have those things. So if you have those things, you're blessed too. But the thing about it is we don't have to have to the point where I'm living in some 6,000 square foot mansion. Now, if you have that, I'm not here to mock you or attack you. You're probably somebody that's anointed to fund the kingdom. I'm just gonna be real with you. And so don't take that lightly. That's an anointing. Don't bury that talent because God gives and takes away. So if you're a kingdom funder, then fund the kingdom. If you're somebody like me, that's not necessarily a kingdom funder, but I do tithe more than 10%. And the reason why is because I realize I can't outgive God. And so for the hurricane, for instance, we've been sending a lot of money down there because, you know, I know a ministry down there that's doing a good work. And uh, I know there's people in significant need. And, and so we want to be a blessing, you know, and that's the thing. We've learned to be a blessing. We've learned to be givers. We want to bless people. And, and we know that we can't outgive God. Now, this is why I'm talking about this right now is because I want to see you set up for success. If you tithe, there will be a protection on your finances. And even in the middle of this crazy situation in our world, you will have everything you need. And so think about that. Think about that, okay? All right. You don't have to give to this ministry. Of course, you can. If you want to, you can go to toddcoconato.com slash give. But just give to your church or give to, you know, whoever is in the ministry that the Lord is leading you to and watch what God does with your finances. It's a blessing. It's a blessing to be a giver. Okay, we'll be right back with the Todd Coconato Show. We're going to finish this up here. Very important information. Don't live for the approval of man. Live for the approval of God. Amen? We'll be right back. All right. Welcome back to the Todd Coconato Show for this last segment of the broadcast today. We are talking today about comparison. Don't get caught up in it. Don't get caught up in comparison, comparison, comparing yourself. Uh, Romans 12, 2. Romans 12, 2. It says this. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what that is good and acceptable and perfect in the will of God. We want to be doing the Lord's business. We want to be about his business. Matthew 7, 2. Matthew 7, 2. It says, for with what judgment that you judge, you shall be judged. And with what measure that you measure, it will be measured against you. That's good. We want to make sure that we are doing this right. How do we do it right? Well, we do it right by pleasing the Lord. We do it right by inquiring of his Holy Spirit. We do it right by getting into the secret place. We do it right by having a personal relationship with Jesus where we pray every single day of our life, where we worship. I mean, live a lifestyle of worship. What does that mean? I mean, worship like all the time. <laughs> you know, if you're alone in the car, start worshiping the Lord. You know, any, any moment that you can throughout your day, praise God, give him glory. Lord, thank you. Thank you for going before me. Thank you, Lord. If you're, if you're single, here's what I want you to say. Lord, thank you that you are preparing my husband. Thank you that you're preparing my wife. Thank you that what you have for me is better than I can even imagine. I praise you for what you're going to do. You know, the loneliness comes in. Get behind me, Satan. You're a liar. God is with me even until the end of the age. I'm not alone. He will never leave me. He'll never forsake me. I'm not alone. 
Start declaring and decreeing who you are and see how fast those little assignments go away from you. You know, when I was single, I don't know why I just feel like I need to talk about singlehood again. Because I think a lot of you really, you know, th- this is where comparison comes in a lot. You see these other people's lives and you say, why do they get to be blessed with a husband? Why do they get to be blessed with a wife? I'm telling you, I dealt with this for years. I would go to the dinner parties of my family, my Italiano family, and everybody would be married. My little cousins, the ones that were like babies that I used to hold in their arms, they got married and had kids. And here I was, what am I doing, Lord? Am I ugly? Am I not tall enough? You know, what's wrong with me? That's what the devil wants you to focus on. What's wrong with you? Nothing. Nothing's wrong with you. The Bible says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. The Bible says that his plans for you are hope and a future. His promise is yes and amen. Walk in that, my friend. You're not lacking right now. Paul was single. Jesus was single. But what I'm saying here in the whole comparison thing is this tends to be something that singles deal with. Now, if you're married, again, people look at somebody else's spouse. They think they're better looking. They think, oh, how sweet they are. My wife is not nice to me or my husband is not nice. And, you know, a lot of people on this remnant broadcast, you know, you're awake, your spouse isn't. And you're wondering, why can't my spouse be like this person? Why can't I have an awake spouse? Why can't, well, I don't know. I don't have the answer to all that. But trust me, I deal with similar things. There's certain things that my wife maybe doesn't understand that I do. And there's probably things that I don't understand that she does. But the whole thing is the grass is not greener. This is who God gave me. And he gave me a good wife. And he gave me a good life. But when we get caught up in the comparison, that's that little root that takes root and it becomes a, a, a disease in our life and in our marriage and in our situation. Or if you're single, it becomes an idol. And so when I was single and I was pastoring and it was so uncomfortable for me sometimes and everybody around me was married and I was like, what the heck is going on? I share this often, but I think I need to share it again. My breakthrough moment in front of the church one day after literally years of having this be an idol in my life, years I laid it down before the Lord. I remember in my pickup truck, I was sitting there in front of the church. No one was there. And I cried before the Lord. I weeped. And I said, Lord, if you want me to be single the rest of my life, I'm going to be the best single. I'm going to be the poster boy for singlehood. I lay this down. I'm not going to let the enemy steal from me anymore. I'm not going to compare to these other people. You know what? That's their situation. That's their path. That's their road. For me, I'm going to serve you and I'm going to be blessed doing it, Lord. And I'm not even kidding you, friends. It was within three or four weeks, a short period of time that I met my wife. It was a breakthrough moment in my life. Sometimes the breakthrough is not what you think it's going to be. See, you're thinking the breakthrough is going to be when Prince Charming or, you know, Snow White, whatever, I don't know, you know, comes in your, your path, Vanna White, I don't know who it is. But, you know, the whole thing is like they come and you're like, oh, this is the breakthrough. That, sometimes the breakthrough has to happen in the supernatural before it happens in the natural. In fact, most of the time, probably all of the time. So when the breakthrough for me was not when I met Michelle, the breakthrough was sitting in front of the church that day and saying, I lay this down. It's done. Now, it might not even be a relationship that I'm talking about in your situation. It may be a job. It may be something you're investing in. It may be something else that's become an idol that you need to lay down and say, Lord, I'm not going to compare. I want what you have for me, not what I want for me. Unless the Lord builds the house, you labor in vain. Unless the Lord builds the relationship, it ain't going to work. Don't, don't missionary date somebody. You want somebody that's equally yoked. God is preparing that thing for you. But you are on a completely different journey than anybody else in this world. 
There is no one else in this world that's on the same journey as you. No one can fit your shoes but you. President Trump can't fit your shoes. He was probably the most well-known person on the entire planet, but yet he can't fill your shoes. Are you here? Do you understand what I'm saying right now? Listen to this. If you haven't heard anything else I say today, listen to this. No one else can be you. You know, my dad one time, he actually gave me some pretty good advice for once. I'm just kidding. (laughs) He's a good guy. But, uh, you know, we've had our challenges, but he ended up being a good guy. But here's the thing. He gave me some good advice one time. He said this. He said, um, he said, you know, I said, dad, maybe I'm just ugly. Maybe it's just, you know, maybe there's something wrong with me. He said, Todd, he said, Brad Pitt can't get every woman in the world. There's going to be some people that think Brad Pitt is a great looking guy. There's going to be other people that think Brad Pitt's ugly. And you know what? I can tell you, my wife does not think Tom Cruise is a good looking guy. In fact, she can't stand Tom Cruise. There are other people that think Tom Cruise is a really good looking guy. So here's the thing. It doesn't matter what you look like. There's going to be somebody that's going to be attracted to you. No one is perfect and no one is going to be able to, uh, you know, ascertain or, you know, everybody's going to think they're the, they're so gorgeous. I mean, it's, it's just all a matter of opinion. It's all a matter of personal preference. It's all a matter of taste. When God sends the right person to you, they're going to see your beauty. They're going to see you're handsome, whatever, you know, they're going to, they're going to see you for who you are. They're going to see your heart. They're going to see the whole package and there's going to be an attraction. So you walk in that confidence. I'm going to leave you with this today before we go, because I think this is good. You know, when I was in Hollywood and I used to go to the clubs, that was like my life. That was like my church. I mean, literally before I got saved, thank God I got saved. Thank God I had a Damascus road encounter. It took me getting stabbed nine times, but Hey, you know what? The Lord got my attention. But here's the thing, okay, when I was in Hollywood and we used to go to the clubs, I didn't just go to like, you know, we were at A-list clubs, okay? We were at like the, the, the places where the celebrities were hanging. These were my friends, okay? And, and what would happen would be there would be these lines outside. I know some of you are probably thinking like Night at the Roxbury or something right now, but you know, there were these lines outside. And what would happen is if you were known in Hollywood or they knew who you were, they'd pull you up in front of the line and they'd let you in. You were, you know, you were, you were a VIP, you know, you were, so they would, they would pull you up and people would marvel. They say, Todd, you don't even know the guy in front. Why is he letting you in? Is it because the way you look? I'm going to tell you what it was. It was my confidence. I walked up because I knew who I was and I said, I belong in there. And you know what? The person at that door with the rope, they could sense my confidence and they said, yeah, this person belongs here. Now, the other people, sometimes somebody would come with me and they'd spend hundreds of dollars. There was this guy I knew, he spent hundreds and hundreds of dollars on his clothes. He had like $900 shoes and, you know, this outfit that he bought in Nordstrom. I mean, every, his whole outfit was probably several thousand dollars, but he walked up and he was timid. And even though he probably looked like a million dollars, they didn't let him in because he wasn't confident in himself. Now, why am I using this analogy? Well, I think it's a good analogy because this is going to help you in life. If you act like you don't belong, if you act like you're not enough, if you act like, you know, God hasn't given you everything that you need to be set up for success because he has the Bible, then, then you're not going to, you're not going to walk in the fullness of what God has. But if you're confident in in Christ and who you are, not only are you going to attract a spouse or, you know, if you're married, attract success, but this is going to change your whole situation. So be confident in Christ because there's no, it's nothing like what I was talking about in the, in the Hollywood line. I mean, in comparison, when you're walking in the authority of Jesus Christ, you can literally change the atmosphere. People will, will literally get saved because of God in you and the Holy Spirit in you. So walk in the confidence of God. 
Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Make this day a game changer for yourself. Stop comparing. You are on your own journey. It's a good journey. The Lord's got good plans for you. You're going to thrive in the midst of the turmoil. You have every tool that you need to be set up for success. God is not going to leave you. He's holding you up. He is the wind beneath your wings. You are going to soar with wings of an eagle. You shall run and not grow weary. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Do you receive that today? All right, ladies and gentlemen. The Todd Coconado Show going out with Mr. Rush Limbaugh, who's a, a forerunner. We bless you. We love you. We'll be back next week. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have another show that we just finished here. And I can't even tell you how blessed I am that you tuned in today. I just got back from an amazing revival meeting up in New York where we saw such a harvest. People were getting baptized. They were getting delivered. They were getting set free. And all glory to God. He is so good. So I just want to thank you for your support of this ministry, of this broadcast. It means the world. We've come to the conclusion, which is the only conclusion, that the answer for this nation, the answer for the world, the answer for the problems is Jesus. He is the hope. And so we are here to spread the good news, to get people saved, set free, healed, and delivered, and to be about his business, to go out, to cast out, to drive out, and to make disciples of the nations. Your donation to Todd Coconado Ministries allows us to do this. This broadcast, the podcast, the radio show, the Sunday service, Remnant.News, the Religious Liberty Coalition, all working in tandem for the glory of the kingdom. And I just want to thank you for your faithfulness. I want to thank you for your support. I want to thank you for your prayers. Thank you for being part of the remnant. We love you and we bless you. And we'll talk to you soon.